You're listening to the Weekend Sport Podcast with Jason Pine from Newstalk ZB. What's it like? Yeah. It looks good. It is over. The match is over. The Highlanders have won. They've won a game, a nail-biter. Gilbert is the hero. The Highlanders keep their slim hopes alive of a playoff. Yeah, their slim hopes indeed. An 85th-minute penalty has kept the Highlanders in Super Rugby Pacific playoff contention. They've beaten the Rebels 2017 in Dunedin. That voice was Paul Allison's. Were you nervous at all last, uh, well, sort of early last evening, Paul, that the Highlanders might not get there? Good afternoon, Piney. I was actually preparing myself for Golden Point, to be fair, and um, I thought that was the way it was going to finish after the after the Rebels had a sort of an attacking period of play on the Highlanders' 22, and they couldn't get across, and I thought, well, the Highlanders might just put this ball out and go to the sheds, but no, they kept on attacking because they got the penalty advantages going their way, and as you say, deep into injury time. So, yeah, I, I wasn't really expecting a, a last-minute victory in, in normal time as it was, but they'll take it, they'll bank it. It wasn't pretty, and it was looked really like two desperate teams needing to win because whoever lost, really, I think their chances are pretty much extinguished. So the Highlanders, as I said in that clip, very much kept their slim slim playoff hopes alive but they are still alive and um, they'll fight another week which will be next week against the Reds Given the way they've played this season Paul, even if they do sneak into the playoffs and and qualify in 8th spot or or even 7th, I don't know um, they won't get a home quarter, we know that will it only just elongate their season by a week given the way that they're playing at the moment? Well, as you know, sport's a funny thing and stranger things have happened when teams do qualify and there are things called upsets in sport. But you'd have to say on on the way that the form has been going this year and you look at the table, it does look like the Chiefs will qualify first. If the Highlanders sneak in, they'll be eighth like they were last year. And you'll remember that they had to play the Blues last year. They got in with 23 points. I don't think that'll be enough this year. I think they'll need 24 um, at least and other results to go their way. And yeah, if you're asking, will they go into a quarter final as favourites? No, they won't. Um, could they win it? Well, it's probably long odds. But as I said, you just don't know what might happen. Aaron Smith's back. Ethan De Groot is back. They're two key players in the side. I had a chat to Aaron Smith at the end of the game last last night, and I said to him, congratulations, you're now the second highest, most capped super rugby player of all time. And he said, thank you very much, but second means nothing. And I guess that's the attitude that um, he takes that, you know, he tries to inspire the team around him, and he's done that so exceptionally well for the Highlanders and the All Blacks. But it will be a very, very hard ask for a Highlander side who have been probably um, patchy at best this year. Things haven't gone their way and maybe, just maybe, it'll be that loss against the Waratahs, that one-point loss and at the end of the game that could come back and bite them in terms of playoff opportunities. When you line the rosters of the five New Zealand sides up alongside one another, Paul, you know, the one metric is is the number of All Blacks in a team and, and you look at the Highlanders and you mentioned Aaron Smith and Ethan De Groot and Shannon Frizzell and a lot of people think Billy Harmon should be an All Black and and but then it, that's pretty much it. Oh, Phil Alfakatava's there as well, of course. Is it just very, very difficult to attract high-quality players in big numbers to the Highlanders region? I think it is a challenge, um, but you've also got to remember they've got a really good production line of young players coming through in the next two to three years, which they've recruited into their ranks, but they haven't got the experience to play at that level. You mentioned Billy Harmon. He's already had to sit a game out, and I heard you say yesterday afternoon, uh, let's talk about the science behind that. Well, if you can answer that one, good on you, because I can't. Um, but, yeah, you're right. They haven't probably got the depth. They've got Jermaine Ainsley, who's played for Australia before, 
but they do rely heavily on some of those key players. Sam Gilbert's made a big step up this year. Hugh Renton's been instrumental in terms of uh, what he's been able to do on the field of play. Sean Withy uh, is one of the two players that's played in every match this year, but they've used a total of 45 players, and when you get players like Sibnoriki, who's such an attacking weapon, being injured for a fair chunk of it, Aaron Smith having to sit out five games for various reasons this year, they don't have the depth of squad, there's no doubt about that, and they have to scrap away, and they have done that in the last three or four years, I mean they snuck in last year, you go back into the last few years, they've been there or thereabouts come playoffs, apart from Super Rugby, uh, Aotearoa where I think, uh, or was that Super Rugby that Australian one back in 2020 when they had that sort of convoluted COVID situation, they made it through to the finals, um, which was a great achievement considering the, the, the ranks that they've got, but without me rambling on too much here, Twiney, go back to 215 when they won the, the championship and they had players in the front row like so Brendan Edmonds, um, Josh Honick, um, they had Mark Reddish um, in their locking, um, Alec Ainley um, in their locking partners, Galden Host came on, Joey Wheeler came on, they didn't have big names in and they performed well but this year it's been a really disruptive year and they haven't been consistent often enough throughout the year to really force their way into a, a secure playoff position. If they get there, they have to re, now rely on results going you know, their way in other games to be able to make it through. What does the future hold then, Paul? Are there brighter times ahead in terms of that consistency that the 2015 side managed? Yeah, I think, um, and I know that might sound like some blind optimism, but there are some really promising players that we'll see Mov come the future. I've already talked about um, someone who's been there this year, and and Sean Withy, he's only 22 years of age, and he's been there in every match. Cam Miller, he's been sadly injured, but uh, got a taste of Super Rugby experience this year. Jake Tahiwi is another one um, in that mix. They've got uh, a a good young halfback, and Nathan Hastie coming through um, as well, and and, uh, there's a couple of other young players that are in the academy program that look like they've got bright futures in Super Rugby, but them alone can't do it. They need to be mixed with experienced players around them. And you know, the loss of Aaron Smith this year will be big for the for the club, uh, no doubt about that. But um, there are some players that will come up and will be really strong Super Rugby players. But you need your marquee players. I mean, the Crusaders don't win seven on the trot by just having sort of uh, players that, that haven't got international experience. They're riddled with them, um, and and they've, they've performed so well as a result of that. And they've got a great depth of squad. So that's that's what the hurdlers have to build. I believe they're actually on the right track to do that, but it doesn't happen tonight. And uh, this year um, certainly has proved that the depth of squad and the injuries and the luck that goes your way in some games just hasn't been with them. And a rookie coach as well, um, Paul. Let's not forget that. Um, you know, obviously Tony Brown, you know, highly credentialed. Clark Dermody is in the early stages of his his coaching career, so surely that has to be a factor too. Yeah, Clark Dermody, I've got a lot of time and confidence that he'll build. He's been part of the Highlanders mix since 2012. Sure, he's now been given that lead role, um, but he's had Boydie with him as part of a mentor uh, program for to aid his development this year as well. It's a pretty tough year for him to come in in terms of where they where they are and where they've been last year. They just snuck into the, the playoffs um, last year with 23 competition points, and they got the on points differential. This, this 
competition is going to go right down to the wire, um, and I think it could be determined maybe by the Drua and the Reds in the last game. I think the Drua is going to make it this year, and wouldn't that be a success story for here's a team last year finishing second bottom and making their way up, and, and you know when they play at home, they won't be there in the playoffs, but when they do play at home, they're almost uh, one of the hardest teams to actually beat on home soil. So you're getting a, a real changing mix in this, this Super Rugby competition. Talking about Clark Dermody, yeah, I think just give him some time to settle in, and I think he will grow and mature as a coach, and I think he's got all the right attributes to be um, a, a really effective coach at this level of rugby. All right, and just to finish, uh, Paul, uh, we've talked about it uh, often across the afternoon. Uh, Chiefs and Crusaders appear to be on a collision course for a grand final. I mean, as you mentioned, though, upsets happen in sport, and who knows what might transpire. But but uh, who, who, in your mind, are favourites to win it this year? <laughs> this is going to come back and bite me, isn't it? For, I can, <laughs> no, not I, at all. I, I, not I, at I all. Can see that. I, I actually think if well, it depends on injuries and sometimes red or yellow cards. But I like the way that the Crusaders have been building at the business end of the season, which has been part of their hallmark that they've proved over the last seven years. They've had to go a bit deeper this year. They've got three props injured in, in Newell, uh, Moody and Bauer. Uh, Whitelock's been out for a period of time. If they can get some of their key players back come playoffs, I think they will be the team to beat. They won it on the road last year against the Blues in the final. They may well have to play the final away from home if they get there against the Chiefs, if they get there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think you heard Scott Robertson say they've learned a lot from their losses to the Chiefs this year. And if those two teams do meet up for, for the third time in 2023, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> once more. It might be a boring outcome, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the Crusaders win again um, and just keep that sort of mantle going that they've been able to build over the last um, almost a decade. Good on you, Paul. Always great chatting rugby with you. Thanks for taking the time. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks, you too, mate. Cheers. Paul Ellison out of uh, Highlanders country, always uh, full of good common sense. Yeah, so the Highlanders, yeah, they they can still make it. No question. Reds and Blues to play. Uh, that Reds game next week shaping is pivotal. Get a win there, and they, they set themselves up. Obviously, they need other results to go their way as they sit outside the top eight at the moment, but they're, um, they're still fighting with this life, this hope. For more from Weekend Sport with Jason Pine, listen live to News Talk ZB weekends from midday or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.